strong arm of the Lord has been revealed, whose report will you believe? Amen. Amen. We're going to choose to believe the report that the Lord has given in his word and to our hearts. Well, welcome to Alamo City and welcome to day number one of our 40 days of focused prayer. We talked about prayer not being a way to get God to do something you want him to do or try to get him to do something he's not aware that needs to be done. It is just simply and specifically and powerfully the heart of a child opening up his or her heart to the Father. Whatever's working in, the heart, in, in, in your heart, whatever is a matter of the heart to you, and then listening for his heart to be revealed back to you. The Lord still speaks to his people. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So during these next 40 days, we, we desire to be following the Lord as he prompts us, as he speaks to us, but as we just consistently and specifically over these next days draw the circles around the matters of the heart that are working within us. It may be people. It may be things, it may be situations, it could be fears, worries, aspirations, dreams, hope, whatever it is, whatever is the matter of your heart and the matters of the hearts of those and the circles that the Lord is allowing us to, to uh, be a part of. I had a dear lady after the first service come up and with tears in her eyes saying, Pastor, I don't have one of those smartphones says so I, I don't I guess I can't be a part of the circle well I don't know how there was a connection between here and the circle but I I said well listen I'll be in that circle with you what what's the matter of your heart she called the name of her son and just tears in her eyes I, I my son needs to be back where he wants to be and should be but desires to be with the Lord and I said, well I, I'll pray with you we, I'm gonna Go write that down and draw a circle around that name and, and you get back with me next Sunday and we'll just see what the Lord does. It, it, may be, it may not be that you have a circle of brothers or sisters in Christ that are able to link up with you. That doesn't mean your prayers by yourself to the Lord are not going to be heard. But the encouragement is that, that where we are able to be a part of a circle, a prayer circle of brothers and sisters, sharing the matters of the heart, that the Lord puts on our hearts to share with each other. We're going to do that, and we'll focus over these next 40 days. I, I met last night with uh, the prayer circle that I've been impressed to, to invite and include, and we're, we had to do a conference call because we're scattered in different parts around the country. We started at 6 o'clock and took turns working our way through, and I, I, we, we had emailed our, our, our prayer circles, our lists, and so we all had a copy. We printed that off and had a copy, and we went through each individual uh, person and going through the list, and then we spent some time in prayer. We started at 6 and looked up, and it was 7.30, and it was the quickest hour and a half that has been spent this last week, I, I tell you. So, um, and then the little book, Draw the Circle, there's, a, there's an encouragement each day for 40 days, and Mark Batterson's Writings are just uh, wonderfully encouraging. They're, it's scripture, it's stories from the history of the church, it's 
It's um, uh, writings from different sources and all. And I believe you'll be blessed, just to encourage. We're also um, going to be sending out to those of you who are part of our Facebook group. There's a, there's a wonderful group that's connecting for the face group specifically, Facebook group just specifically for the 40-day challenge. You can get in on that. You'll be getting something daily. Those of you who are part of our email uh, string or chain or whatever you call those things, um, we will be sending something out daily as well uh, to you, and you'll be, you will be encouraged and helped by that. If we don't have you on any, either, any of those lists, if you're not a part of the face group or you haven't been a part of our email group, pastorwalker at alamocity.org. Get that to us. We'll get you on the list, and there'll just be some things that we hope will be an encouragement pretty much on a daily basis to keep us in the place of prayer. Now, I want to... I want to ask you to say something back with me. I want you to repeat this with me as we start this, this season of, of prayer. The prayers are the things that we share with the Lord, they will often be burdens. They'll often be places where we're anxious or we're worried. But folks, there are some things that the Lord would have us to share with Him that may not be sad things. They, they, they may just be dreams. They, they may be longings. They may be good things. Here, here's the statement. Here is the statement. My God knows how to thrill me. My Lord knows how to thrill me. He created you. He made you. He's the manufacturer. He designed you for certain things, and he knows how to thrill you. We don't have to be chasing thrills from the world or from folks who, who are getting their, um, whatever they get, whatever stirring in them that would excite them or so-called thrill them from folks who don't know the Lord. The Lord who fashioned you in his image knows how to fill you up with joy knows how to thrill you. I want to give you a verse of Scripture, and, and I, I want to just ask you to, to dig into it with me for a few minutes this morning. It's John chapter 16 and verse 24. These are the words of Jesus. You'll see them if you have a red letter edition of your Bible. You'll notice that all these words around it are written or recorded in red. That means Jesus spoke them. Now, now, now let this drop 18 inches. This isn't Isaiah speaking. This isn't Jeremiah speaking. This isn't Paul speaking. It, it would be great if they said these things because they would be filled and empowered and given these words by the Holy Spirit. But do you know who's saying what we're about to read? It is God himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. When you hear me, you are hearing the Father because I only speak the things that I have heard from my Father. I only do the things that I've seen my Father do. This is the Lord God of all creation. This is God himself and the person of Jesus saying these things. Look, look at the last part of verse 23, and then we'll read on into verse 24. True, this is 23. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. 
Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. This is prior to the cross, prior to Jesus being raised up. And the scripture says he ever lives in that place and have to make intercession for us, to hear our prayers and to pray for us. Until now you've asked for nothing in my name. But look, ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. That your joy may be made full. Can I say that one more time? That your, your joy, that your joy, that your joy may be made full. The word for full means your house or your grandmother's house or somebody's house that when you walked in at Christmas time or Thanksgiving, the smell of that pecan pie was all over the house. The smell of those homemade rolls all over the house. The smell of good things filling the house. That your joy be made full like that. It, it means full in the sense of a valley being filled up or a rut in a road being filled up, or a ravine where water has just, has just carved it out, being filled back up. It means joy being made full in that sense. It also has the, has the idea of being fulfilled, of, of being completed, of being perfected, something that has been waiting a long time for its completion, has been incomplete and not fully formed for a long time. But now, finally, finally, the moment has come and it is complete. It's finished. It's done. That your joy may be made full. Your joy may be made finished, completed, full. That your joy may be in the sense of, of that which has been lacking and that has been washed away, being restored again. It's, it's, it's full again. I love this one, though, that your joy is made full like a house that smells good at Christmas time or Thanksgiving. He's saying, you ask me, you ask me for things, the result of which is that your joy is made full. We take that and put it in these words. My God knows how to thrill me. He knows how to thrill. I, I want some of you, some of you just need to say this out loud. You, you need to look right back up here at, at me and with your own mouth make this confession. My God knows how to thrill me. Let's do it again. My God knows how to thrill me. All right, now let me just take that a little further. You're talking to me, and that's good. I appreciate that. Preacher needs encouragement. The word for joy, the word for joy is a very interesting word. It's a, it's a Greek word in the New Testament, but it is tied to a Hebrew word in the Old Testament. It is the picture, here is the visual picture of joy. 
It's the picture of a lamb, a baby sheep, or the picture of a kid, a baby goat, all of a sudden being let out of where they have been cooped up and being let out into a pasture, let out into an open area. And here is the picture of that Bible word. It's that little old kid goat with his head down on one end and his feet kicking straight up in the back. Or he's reared up on his hind legs and he's pawing this way. And he's flopping his ears and throwing his horns. And he's just frisking or she's just frisking and dancing all over the place. That your joy may be made full. It's exuberant joy. It's joy that erupts and there's a measure of it, a part of it that cannot be contained or calmed down. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be made full. Oh, let me tell you something else about that word translated joy. It comes from the word grace, chorus, grace, grace, grace. As if, as if the reason for rejoicing has come from grace. Grace is not about wages earned. Grace is not about something that we deserve. Grace is about something that we didn't earn and about something that we didn't deserve. That the Lord Jesus Christ came as an expression of God's grace. The blood of Jesus his death on the cross to set you and me free, God did not owe to us. We did not deserve that measure of his heart being expressed. But it's out of the kindness of his heart, the goodness of his heart, the mercy of his heart, the grace that works in his heart toward you and toward me. Selfish, hard-headed, stubborn, sinful. But still, he loved us. Now watch this. If the word joy comes from the word grace, there is a connection between our being able to be joyful as a result of something that God has graciously done. So we can add to that statement. My God knows how to thrill me even when I don't deserve it. Will you let that in 18 inches? Will you let that drop from the head into the heart? The Lord doesn't have any perfect children. He doesn't have anybody who's done everything exactly right. Great is his mercy. Strong and rich is his love for us, such that he knows how to thrill us, but he knows that in the giving of us that which fulfills our joy, it's going to have to be an expression of his grace toward us, his mercy toward us. And he invites us in this passage, in this, in this statement, Lord, Lord, would you thrill me? with even that which I know 
I do not deserve. Now, folks, is there something in your heart that you ache for, that you long for, that if it were to come into being, if it were to happen, it would thrill you. Somebody can look inside your breeches leg and they'd just see your socks rolling up and down inside you. Some of you ladies, you just bat your eyes so fast that those false eyelashes would just fly off and hit somebody. You couldn't contain it. You couldn't hardly stand it. You knew you didn't deserve it. And you knew you didn't produce it. It had to come from the heart of the God who loves you and who calls you his own. Now, folks, listen, we're standing on the brink of these 40 days. And I believe that there are, certainly there are things that will weigh us down and, and, and our concerns for people that, that are, are trapped and we would want them to be set free in various situations. That those are important categories of prayer. Folks who are lost, don't know the Lord, and your, your heart aches for them to come to know Jesus as Savior. Those are categories of prayer. But I'm just telling you, it may be that the Lord is inviting you to bring to Him that something or those some things that if He were to do that, if you were to see it manifest, it would thrill you. The reason we have permission to talk like that and to speak like that to him is because he, with his own words, has given us permission. John 16, 24. Ask and you will receive that your joy that your joy, your, your joy may be made full. Can I tell you a story? I mean, I need to tell, I'm going to tell it to you anyway. <laughs> Alamo City is going to the Super Bowl. Alamo City is going to the Super Bowl. You say, Pastor, do you understand geography and distance? We are here in San Antonio, and that Super Bowl is in Miami. I understand that. But one year ago today, exactly during this time, our family, our three children, their spouses, Shirley and I, had entered into this 40-day prayer challenge. We had done what was needed to be done. We individually and then as couples wrote down the matters of the heart that were of interest to us and concern to us that we felt that the Lord would want us to share with the group. We spent 40 days during that time, and it was one of the, one of the sweetest, best, strongest, life-changing times that our little family has ever had together. And instead of mom and dad getting into the kids' business, they had already put their business on the table. 
and we could just say, how's it going? And we're praying and updates and so forth would come. One of our, our couples, our, our oldest daughter, Abby, married to Ryan Petkoff, who had been working for about 10 years or so with the Hunt Sports Group in, in Dallas. The Hunt Sports Group owns the Kansas City Chiefs. Do I get a witness this morning? The Kansas City Chiefs. And some, um, a soccer, professional soccer team or so. Formed by Lamar Hunt, who um, came up with the idea of the Super Bowl in the first place, who decided that the NFL, the NF, the National Football League, was too big, needed to be divided into two parts. So he created the AFC, or the American Football League. They merged. All of that was, was, uh, had been in the background, and, 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 and Ryan had been working for them for a good while. He was a personal assistant to Lamar Hunt, Clark's son, or Clark Hunt, who is Lamar's son. But in the course of all of that, he and Abby just came to be concerned about, is this where we're supposed to stay? Is this, is this the future? He, 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 he loved the sports, professional sports, um, grew up in the Alamo City Christian Academy. That, that's where he and, he and Abby met. And, but the kid, when, when Ryan was a boy, you could just... He just loves sports. He just loves statistics. You could poke him and a Spurs statistic would come out. He, he would know more about what the Spurs had just done than Popovich had. I mean, he, that's just where he lived and he loved it. That was how he was wired. Great memory, loved competition, loved all of that, and ends up being selected straight out of UT pretty much to go to work for the, for the Hunt Sports Group to be an assistant to Clark. Time had passed. Wasn't sure if he was supposed to stay there. And so that was a matter of prayer. We, we were just praying, Lord, your will for, for, for Ryan and Abby and, and their future with the Hunt Sports Group. Well, the clock ticks. The, 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 the calendar passes. We, we, we were praying and, and they were continuing to seek the Lord. All of a sudden, wonderfully, <laughs> amazingly, Ryan gets a call and an invitation from, from the boss man to come and sit down for a visit. And in that meeting in early June of this last year, Clark Hunt invited Ryan to become a senior vice president in the organization with specific focus on communications and brand development. Brand development. Look out by the side of brand development, you folks who are following things, and you can see Patrick Mahomes' haircut and face. Ryan was invited to step into a position of leadership and influence that he could never have imagined on the face of the earth. So, so they, they formalize that. That, that, that works. You, you get to pray in, Lord, your will be done, and you've got your little covey together and all your kids, and you can see everybody, and they're right there. Then all of a sudden, the Lord just answers your prayer, and he blows up the covey. <laughs> they're moving to Dallas. Katie and Adam moved to Austin as a part of a specific answer to prayer for that family. But we move, we, we move on, into this, on into this fall. Put those pictures up there, Ann. And lo, and lo and behold, things just continue to move and continue to, to, to happen. 
See, Alamo City is going to the Super Bowl. You see that right there? That's Abby, our daughter on the left. That's Ryan on the right. Do, do that other picture where we got where, where Clark's. He's standing there with Clark. That, that's Clark Hunt, all right? Now, let me, let me just read you something. Just show you how God does things. He's got people everywhere. You, you may get to thinking, I, I just, you know, I don't know if you can really love God and really, really have a heart for God and excel in a secular realm. Let me read you this since you brought it up. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, this is, a, this is a press quote. The Kansas City Chiefs CEO, Clark Hunt, after his Chiefs defeated the Tennessee Titans for the AFC championship and earned a trip to the Super Bowl, said he wanted to, quote, this is from Clark, thank the Lord, and that, quote, the glory belongs to him, close quote, during an interview in CBS where some of you heard that a couple of weeks ago. Then they quote him further. Well, I'm almost speechless, Hunt said. First, I want to congratulate Andy, Patrick, and all the teammates on an incredible performance today. I want to thank the Lord for blessing us with this opportunity. The glory belongs to him. And the trophy belongs to the best fans in the National Football League, the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Glory belongs to the Lord, but we're handing the trophy over to the people. Now, folks, listen. Back a year ago, back a year ago, we would not have necessarily even thought along these terms. But the Lord linked our hearts up so that when, when, when Ryan and Abby got their prayer answered, the rest of us in that circle got our prayer and prayers answered too. You know, there's a time in my life when I didn't even know there was a Kansas City chief. I thought they were just Dallas Cowboys mainly. But all of a sudden, there's been fresh revelation to my heart. And I'm, I'm hollering, go Chiefs, until I go, just like Sammy Tippett is hollering for go Tigers and, and the LSU. All right? So the, the, the point here is, the point here is, the Lord knows how to thrill you. Don't sell yourself short. Don't you be looking at a little old bitty puny God and everything else is bigger than he is. You need to look at what what the lack is or what the problems are and tell them about how great your God is. You know, instead, and sometimes we spend all our time whining to the Lord about how big Goliath is. He's a great big giant. Lord, look at this great big mountain. There comes a point in time where Jesus will say, when faith rises in your heart, it's no longer time to talk to the Lord about the problem. You talk to the mountain about the Lord. You tell the mountain, get up off your haunches, and get into the seat. Get out of the way. It's time for you to move. Now, I don't believe we're supposed to be randomly doing those kind of things. That, 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 that doesn't get you anywhere. But the Lord has the ability. I'm telling you, folks, my sheep hear my voice, he said. They know me, and they follow me. The Lord has a way of stirring dreams up inside you, of stirring directions inside you, of speaking to you with a verse of Scripture maybe, and, and He is talking to you, and the purpose of that is implanting within you a longing, implanting within you a desire that He intends to fulfill. Where did the dream come from? 
Where did the longing come from? It came from the heart of your father who was saying, this is what I want for you. This is what I want you to believe me for. This is what is in store for you. I have plans for a future and a hope, not calamity and destruction for you. Okay, but see, if we get to thinking with the Lord, well, every time my name comes up, he just stomps his foot or just turns away. That he's mad already at me. He's disappointed already at me. I, I just, folks, that story that about how Jesus won Simon Peter is a fascinating study of the heart of God and the understanding of what it takes to reach some people. Simon Peter knew of Jesus. He, 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 had, he had heard Jesus probably in multiple settings. There was a point in time where Jesus spoke at the synagogue there in Capernaum and cast a demon out and the people were blown away. But right after that, he was invited, and maybe it was Simon Peter's wife or mother-in-law, but invited to Simon Peter's house. They get there, and Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Jesus asked her to come forward. He spoke over her. He healed her. Simon Peter saw that. He saw his mother-in-law healed. Then the word gets out, and everybody from around there who had sick loved ones and ones that, who were in difficult places physically were brought in into Simon Peter's yard or backyard. And all night long, Jesus was there among the people and he was healing them, laying his hands on them and healing them. But still, Simon Peter somehow was believing that was for them and he was excluded. We get a clue to that. A few days later, we're not sure how much longer, but Jesus is along the Sea of Galilee. Simon Peter and, and his partners were cleaning their nets. They had been fishing. Jesus knew Simon Peter, knew what it would take to win him, knew what it would take to incite faith within his heart. He said, Jesus said, in effect, to Simon Peter, if you push back out again and lower the nets, You'll catch a great catch of fish. To which Simon Peter responded, we fished all night, sir. I know this water. I've been through this. Life. I grew up here. Basically, we fished all night. We didn't catch a thing. But at your bidding, because you suggested or you will do it. So they go out and they, remember that story. They push out, drop the nets. And there was such a great catch of fish that it almost tumped the boat over. It almost broke the nets. Folks, listen. It was at that moment when Simon Peter saw the nets so full of fish that they couldn't lift them in the boat. And in the very same water that they had fished all night long, that in that very place in Simon Peter's boat, Jesus stepping into Simon Peter's business, leaving Sunday in church and the synagogue, but getting out in the real world that Simon Peter was surrounded by. And in that place, Jesus blessed Simon Peter's socks off. Well, he probably didn't have socks because he wore sandals. But he blessed him. 
He didn't preach to him about, well, you need to quit this and you need to start that and you better get back to church. He just stepped into his boat, stepped into his world and blessed him. And Simon Peter's response was, listen to this, depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. The fact that he knew he was a sinful man was what probably worked inside his heart to feel like he's disqualified from the miracles, disqualified from the good things that the Lord could bring to other people, but he couldn't even expect that because he knew what he was on the inside. Folks, listen, Titus 3, 5, but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds that we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. He mercied Simon Peter by blessing him, not by beating him down, not by condemning him. He knew Simon Peter didn't have the ability to believe. He felt like he was unworthy for whatever reason. So Jesus, in proof that his expressions of mercy, Isaiah 55, speaking of that the, the ways of God are beyond our ways. They're not anything like the way we have as our ways. And the context of that is the compassion of the Lord. You let the wicked man return. You let the godless man come back to the Lord. And the scripture says, and he will abundantly pardon. His ways are not like our ways. That, that amazing and wonderful account of how Jesus won Simon Peter. He won him in a fishing boat. He won him with a boatload of fish. The church hadn't even come into existence. Simon Peter was miles away from some sort of cross and steeple and stained glass. He was out working, and Jesus met him where he was working. Amen. So as we're praying, Lord, bring your kingdom to these that we love, the ones that are away from you. Don't make your first prayer, oh, God, get them back to church. Get them back to church. Don't stop that. Don't pray that way. That, that, that's the external. You, you, can, you can straight jacket somebody be back in church and nothing has changed in the heart. Jesus is all about setting captives free from the inside out, from the heart out. Not that, oh, I need to believe like my mother believed. Or I need to believe like these other spiritual people believe. God has the ability to make himself so real. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what your pedigree was or wasn't. He can reveal himself to you in such a way that you know in your knower in your knower. Jesus Christ is real, and he died for me, and he's alive, and I've opened my heart up to him in my heart. He's able. He's able. He's able to do that. He's able to do that. Well, I was talking about something else and got off on all that. He knows, he knows how to thrill you even when you don't deserve it. Hold on to that. Pray in that way. Think in that way. I, I know where I was. It's that, that when we don't deserve it. And, and Simon Peter, that could have kept him away, pushed him in the, in, in the, in the fringes of all that he saw Jesus was doing. They're worthy. I'm not... They deserve his mercy. I don't. 
the Lord was saying, it's my mercy loving you. It's my heart for you. I know where you are, and I know how to bless you. You see, sometimes when the Lord blesses us with the dreams that we have been wanting and the wishes, the longings in our hearts, when he grants us that, it's not a finished product. It's a work in progress. It's an opportunity. It's, it's to step up. It's moving from one level of influence in your company to another level of influence. You think, man, I finally got it. And then you look around after the first day at work and say, great, Scott, what have I inherited here? This is what I thought I had to have, but oh, my goodness, Lord, help me. And then the cry for the Lord to intervene and to finish what he started is, is there. Will you please... Keep that in mind as these 40 days unfold. That the Lord may plant a dream in your heart. He may plant something. You see, if, it, if, if it's still so small that you could do it, if you just had enough education, if you just knew the right people, it's probably not a God idea. But when it is something that blows your hat in the creek, it's something that you know there's no way I could do that, then more than likely that's something that God is putting in your heart to believe in. Then when it happens, you don't step into this place of I'm so great, I'm so wonderful, I got all the ability. You, you get in there more amazing than anybody that you were in that door and you got that title across your desk. That it was only the Lord who put me here. And it's established foundationally that he is your hope. He is your trust. He is your strength. You're loyal to him. It's not about what can I do to better myself. It's like Clark Hunt was saying the glory belongs to the Lord. We, we, we are here in an effort to bring glory to the Lord. Win, lose, or draw with the Lombardi trophy, we want there to be the glory to the Lord that he deserves to come out of our placement here. Amen. Amen. All right, here's another line. Here, here's, here's another something as we enter. The Lord knows how to give me peace when it makes no sense. The Lord knows how to give me peace when it makes no sense to have peace. We mentioned this last week, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Paul writes, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, that's specific prayers with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto the Lord, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There are some things that aren't going to happen in 40 days. There are some things that aren't going to happen in a year that we're praying for right now that we're asking for his will to be done, for his kingdom to come. But what happens, and it's an amazing thing, the Lord is promising to swap out one emotion that's human for another emotion that is straight out of heaven. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Folks, listen. The Lord knows everything that is wrong on planet Earth. The Lord knows everybody, knows what everybody is doing 
right, wrong, or indifferent. He knows it all. But the Scripture says that he is seated upon his throne. He's not wandering around heaven, wringing his hand, furrowed eyebrow, stooped over. Oh, what are we going to do with it? Oh, that's blowing up here. Oh, this is out of line here. Oh, 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 oh. He can know all of that and be at perfect peace. Why? Because he knows how it's all going to end up. When you get connected in your spirit, And the life of the one who knows how it's all going to end up and it's going to go in his direction when the life and the power and the flow of his spirit fills your spirit, there is a similar kind of release that happens with you. Scripture will say, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Okay, the heart, my heart, That's my emotion. That's referencing specifically, I think, in that setting, the content is is emotion. I I can worry. I can be afraid. I can hesitate. I can can want to back up. He will guard your emotion, but he'll also guard your mind. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your mind. We get these logical things working in our brain. And we see this, and we conclude the next one is this, and we conclude the next thing is this, and the next thing is this. And sometimes it's, it's based upon what has happened in the past. And we assume this is just a repetition of what we've seen before. The logic in the brain may be faulty. It may be built upon lies, but it is still a strong factor within the way we think. Look at this. The Lord is saying, you give to me, and you keep giving to me, And you keep giving to me, every time the thoughts come up, you keep giving to me those anxious places. And as you keep doing that, as you keep unloading the anxious places, here's what I will be doing. I will be causing there to flow into you my peace. My peace has the power to protect your emotions and to guard your thoughts. Folks, These next 40 days, one of the greatest things that may happen in your life, in any of our lives, could be that God shows us that he has the power to break the worry curse. And then that that factors into feeling like we've got to control everybody, that we've got to step into everybody's business and talk them through and work them through and make it work out. Let me ask you. When when was the last time you heard God say something out loud? Huh? The assumption is it's probably probably been a while since Damascus. The the, the point is, listen, if if, if the Lord knew that it absolutely had to happen in order for things to be straightened out and for them to be straightened out everywhere right now, don't you reckon the God who, when he speaks, Everybody hears down to the molecular level, every, every, every cell and molecule hears. Don't you reckon he'd say something? So if he's not saying something all the time, why are you saying something all the time? Huh? Don't answer that. You know, we got people, we got things, things going on, things going on, things going on. We feel like we got to step into it, step into it, step into it. Who gives you the right to do that? And what if? What if what's driving that is anxiousness, anxiety, 
And what if, in the place of that kind of anxiety, the peace of God comes to your heart and they're still crazy, that they're still doing the wrong things, but your heart is at peace. Oh, pastor, I don't know where they'd be if I wasn't on them all the time. I know where they'd be. They might be a whole lot closer to hearing what you wanted to say or what God wants to say. But we get our big face and our big mouth in the way of what God is trying to do many times because we're trying to do something that only the Lord can do in his time. The peace of God. The peace of God. We might feel like we need to change our, change our driver's license. It's so different. You know, I'm going to figure out where, where do I live? Who am I? When all of a sudden the peace of God settles into my heart and I'm not having to fix everybody's problems. I'm able to trust him. You get connected with the one who has the power to fix things. You rest your case in the heart of the one who knows what's going on and has the ability. But he's got a timing. He has a calendar. And he has a way of doing it. So Lord, may, may, this, may this season, may this time be, if, if, you, if you want only to teach us that, that it is possible to live in the same world with the same circumstances that you're living in right now that are having your lunch. And for the Lord to somehow swap out your anxious places for his peace. For his peace. Lord, you've got it. Tell me what you want me to say when you want me to say or do what you want me to do. But if, but if there's no specific prompting, I'm leaving it in your hand. I am leaving them in your hand. He has the ability to give me peace when it makes no sense. Peace of God which passes all understanding. Anybody can get their peace back, measure of peace back, when the problem gets solved, when the amends are made, when the I was wrong, will you forgive me, is spoken. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about where there hasn't been any change in the natural. And the Lord has the ability to swap your anxiety with his peace. May it be. May it be. May it be. The last thing I want to mention to you as we start these days together, the Lord also knows how to deliver ones I love when they can't get free. The Lord knows how to deliver ones I love when they can't get free. Show your story in the book of Acts. Find Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. And I want to read some of this to us. The early church. This is in Jerusalem. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. 
And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. It was during the days of unleavened bread, just prior to the Passover. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers. That would be four soldiers in each squad, four squads, 16 Roman soldiers assigned to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. But Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer, prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Prayer circle. Prayer circle. Prayer circle. Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. And on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Talk about the peace of God that passes all understanding. Able to go to sleep with an uncertain future in a human sense before him. Bound with two chains. And guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared. And the light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and roused him, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, the angel said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow and he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real. But Peter thought he was seeing a vision or a dream. And when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, and it opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from it. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary. All this is pitch dark, middle of the night. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark's, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she didn't open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. And they said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it's his angel, to which I want to know why wouldn't they want to go see his angel instead of sitting there. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hands to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and the brethren, and he departed and went to another place. The Lord is able 
to deliver ones I love who cannot save themselves, who cannot rescue themselves. When you begin to call upon the name of the Lord, when you access the power of the one whom the angel said, Gabriel said to Mary, there is nothing impossible with God. And you hold steady there. You, you remain firm and fast in that position. And you are crying out to the Lord for his deliverance, for his rescue. If it's somebody who doesn't even know the Lord, listen to this verse, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not willing that any should perish. The Lord does not want anyone to leave this life without Christ. The Lord wants all to come to know him as Savior, Lord. So, so you are within your rights to pray. Lord, open the eyes, open the heart, rescue that one who is bound by Satan's devices and lies. I want you to notice, though, too, all of the things that are in subjection to the Lord and his power. The laws of physics bow the knee to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Chains, chains, without any measurable physical movement, unlocking the lock, chains fell off. They walked to a gate, and without anyone opening the gate, the gate opened by itself. Folks, you may have somebody locked in the prison of drugs. N name the poison. Name the power of containment. In the name of Jesus, there is nothing that can stop the freedom that the Lord wants to bring to people when it is his time to bring it forth. You are able to set free the ones I love, and I'm calling upon you to do it. Shackles fell off. Gates opened. But look. Earthly authority had to bow before the throne of Jesus Christ. Herod, the, 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 the leader, the ruler at that point in time, the physical ruler, had determined that Simon Peter would be arrested, remain in jail, and he would be put up for trial shortly thereafter. The Lord violated Herod's wishes. The Lord, in a sense, broke the law. He broke man's law because there is a law that supersedes the law of man, and it is the law of God's heart. And, and, and when it was time for Peter to be rescued, the Lord rolled up his holy arms. He bared his righteous right arm, and he sent forth an angel with the authority over the laws of physics. And as a result... Chains fell off and gates opened and guards kept sleeping and they just kept walking out. And nobody knew a thing until they woke up the next morning and said, where did he go? 
There is nobody so lost. There is nobody so bound that the love and power of Jesus Christ can't set them free. Don't give up. Don't pray shyly. I want to read you what is at the top of one of my prayer circle brothers' list. And I bet you, I bet, I don't know, there are probably 30 names on this list. But here's how he said he felt like the Lord has put in his heart to pray for everybody on that list. Holy Spirit, invade, possess, protect, and anoint their spirit with your spirit for life today. In Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth's name, we pray, amen. You say, well, that, that sounds like that, that, that's a prayer to violate someone's free will. It is. Someone bound up and someone making choices that are killing them. We are instructed. Jesus instructed us to pray, come thy kingdom. That, that's imperative. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a crying, loving injunction back to the Lord. Bring your spirit uninvited, unannounced. Bring your spirit to work in their hearts. Not, not, not to condemn them but to show them your love, to show them there's another way, to show them that Jesus really is real and that he has the power to set captives free. So here's the prayer. Holy Spirit, invade them. Invade them. <laughs> invade them. Possess, protect, and anoint their spirit with your spirit for life today. In other words, he, want, he was praying, Lord, I want them to know that you're not just a Sunday God that you're not just a Sunday school class God, you're not just a worship song God, that wherever they're doing life, wherever they are, that you would invade that place, you would possess them in that place, you would anoint them for life in that place, the result being freedom and joy and restoration where things have been broken. Amen. Amen. Oh, let me tell you one more thing, and we're done. You remember that verse in Ezekiel? Scripture says, the Lord, I looked for a man. I looked for a person who would stand in the gap before me for the whole land. The, 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 the destruction of the enemy was flowing in through the breached wall, protectively, spiritually, around the nation. It had been intentionally battered down by godlessness and wrong choices by the leaders and followed by the people. And the Lord is saying, I just looked for one person out of all the ones in the nation to stand before me, cry out for my mercy, cry out for my will to be done on this earth. My brother, my sister, there may be nobody else in your family line who gives any concern, any care, for the true things of God. You, you, may, you may be thought of as a radical, as peculiar, as a weirdo. But here's the truth. The rescue for the future of the family line can by the plan of God be resting upon your shoulder. Lord, I agree with you. I'm asking you 
to do what is in your heart for my family, for those I love. Carry it as far as you would will for it to go, Lord, but I'm standing here in the gap, in the gap, in the gap. Debauchery, wickedness, filth all around. I'm standing in that gap, and I'm praying, Lord, your will be done right here. I cannot tell you how important your role is. You may think, they don't know anything about me. They don't care anything about me. They never invite me to stuff. That, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You be the man. You be the woman. That if no one else in your family line will pray, and you can see destruction, you, you can see the sins of the fathers being passed on to the third and fourth generation. You can see that. The Lord is saying, all I need is one, to be in agreement with me. And I have the power to cause the punishment that they deserve, that they, that the, the seeds that they have sown. I, I have the power to withhold that, to, to, to diminish that, but I just need one somebody to stand in agreement with me. You say, well, why wouldn't he do it? Why would he need somebody? I don't know, but that's a law in the spirit realm. God is looking for someone to be in agreement on this earth with what his heart is in heaven. And someone who will stand there and plant their feet and refuse to give up by saying, Lord, I'm asking what you want. I'm agreeing with you. What you want in this family line, what you want in this business, what you want in my life, what you want in my marriage, what do you want for my kids, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. I feel like the Lord has pressed it upon my heart. Tell the people how important they are in this how important your role is, how important your placement is. You say, oh, I wish I had a family that understood my love for the Lord. Well, the day may come when they do, and they'll love you more because you were standing for him when they, didn't, they were giving you a hard time. But you're there because he's assigned you, and it's through you that he desires to bring and effect the change. Not that you do all the talking. You're just there in agreement saying, Lord, I want what you want. Walk into family meetings, handle various things that would go with those that are a part of this that, that you're concerned about, and you're just saying, as you're there, as you're before them, as you're listening to them, as you're around them, Lord, I'm agreeing with you. Come your kingdom. Be done your will on this earth as it is in heaven. All right, back to that first one. The Lord knows how to thrill you even when we don't deserve it. So what does that mean? Well, how does that look? What is that work in your life? It may be that the greatest joy would be someone you care so much about coming to know Christ as Savior and Lord. It may be a medical rescue it could be any number of things, but it could also be something that just within your heart, the Lord says, this is my design for you. This is, this is what I, I want you to believe me for through your life. He knows how to thrill me even when I don't deserve it. Day one. 40 days, 
This is not supposed to be a heavy yoke. This is not supposed to be a legalistic attempt. We're not, we don't have a litmus test that, well, unless you get up at 6 o'clock and pray for an hour or 45 minutes, then God's not really going to hear you. We're not even going down that road. The Spirit of the Lord will impress you when to pray. He'll bring to your mind, you, you, you get the list of the ones from your prayer circle, and you go over those. You know they're there. You may be driving down the road. You may be looking into a into a, a, a monitor, you may be doing it, but then the Spirit can prompt, quicken, and you just agree right there with what it is that the Lord is prompting in your, the person or the situation. Lord, your will, your will, your will. Our plan with our little group is to meet again 20 days into this and then to meet again the following, the end of things, unless unusual circumstances would call us to have to have another special meeting. Some of you who are local, you, you can get together on a much regular basis. Can I just say one more thing? The, 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 point, the point of this is not to be telling each other how to live their lives. You, you want to wreck a prayer circle. You get somebody who's a prophet, supposedly, or someone who's a teacher, and somebody shares a burden or a need, and they go for 45 minutes on what's wrong with the person that shared the burden. You'll kill it. You'll kill it. The prophet, if you got that in you, the prophet needs to come with humility, and, and I'm coming realizing I have feet of clay, and here are the things I wish you for prayer. I don't need a lecture. I know I got an issue. <laughs> Will you pray for me? Don't lecture me. Oh, no, no. So when I get a word from the Lord, will you keep the word from the Lord to yourself <laughs> until you know he... You know, there's one of the Old Testament, we forget about sometimes, one of the Old Testament requirements was the prophet could get a word from the Lord, but he didn't have permission to say it, to speak it, until the Lord released him to speak it. He might have to sit on it for five years or 20 years, knowing and praying. Okay, I, I, I don't know if anybody in the room necessarily needed that, but, but if you did, just, just take it and, and um, accept it because it's true. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this, this doorway of entering into this season of specific prayer and extended prayer and, and agreed prayer. Guide us, Lord. I mean, more than anything else, upon the congregation, upon the Alamo City family and our extended family, our streaming family, our, our longing, our cry, Lord, pour out your Spirit upon us. Cause there to be seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Unstop our ears so we can hear. Open our eyes so we can perceive and receive. And we commit this time to you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name. Speak his name with me, would you? In Jesus' name. One more time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Well, let me ask you to stand as we, as we prepare to leave and go, go out into the parts of our lives where the real game is played. This is halftime, as we say. Now, tonight at about 7 o'clock, um, there will be something put on that we'll be sending out from here, a little message that, of encouragement that, that I have prepared, and we'll be trying to do those on the Sundays during these 40 days. But then every day... Uh, just about every day you should be getting something by Facebook or through an email 
um, to encourage you. And then take advantage of the Draw the Circle readings daily. They're not long, two or three pages, but just they'll just help your faith and realize you're not crazy. And is my, are my dreams too big? Most of the time you read this, think my dreams are too small, you know? If it's something I could do, if I just had enough education or had enough, enough um, approval, then it's probably not a God idea. It's probably just a man idea. But when it's something that's so big, so unusual, so far-stretched that there's no way you could see yourself doing it, it's probably God. It's probably God. Then he gets all the glory when it happens, and you've already settled that. This isn't me. This is him. But he knows, he knows how to thrill us. Prayer partners, if you'll join me here at the front, please, and we'll be here to pray with you and stand with you if there are some things in your life that we could be in agreement with even as we begin. And, and if you're here today, you're listening, and you've never really opened your heart up to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, right where you stand, right where you are, you can do that. Lord Jesus Christ, I receive you. I, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior and Lord. Live in me, Jesus. I invite you to live in me. If that's in your heart to pray and to pursue and you're in the room today, come this way. We'd love to talk with you further. If you're online, pray that prayer. Get in touch with us. You, you'll know how to do that and at Facebook or, or, or email us so that we can get in touch with you and, and encourage you from that place on too. Okay? God bless you for being here. Come this way. If we can pray with you, hug somebody's neck around you if you're ready to go. And don't forget your kids in the nursery and the preschool as you go. Amen. Bless you.